For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Testudo Talk podcast. As always, I'm Emmett Siegel here with Andrew Chodas. And Andrew, final football game of the regular season is coming up on Saturday. We're getting this one out a little later on Friday than maybe our usual schedule. We were enjoying the Thanksgiving holiday. Before we get into the Maryland Rutgers game, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was was great. Ate a lot. Uh, was very tired, but this uh, for us students, this this break has been very nice. Absolutely. 100% agreed. Um, and I echo everything you said. Happy holidays to anyone who is uh, listening that was, you know, expecting maybe an earlier episode. We, we apologize, but we are here previewing the, uh, the Maryland Rutgers football game is the final regular season game for both of the teams. And they're both six and five going into this game. Um, so not bowl eligibility on the line, but uh, as always in college football, there is something on the line for both teams and seven and five versus six and six is certainly has a different feel to it. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Rutgers a little bit for anyone that, that isn't aware. Uh, Rutgers started out the season really good clinch bowl eligibility before October ended, but then their schedule heated up. They were the beneficiaries of a, a weaker schedule um, to start the season, at least in big 10 play, especially. And then of late have, have kind of fallen off a little bit. Here they are at six and five headed into this, uh, this final game of the regular season probably the best team of Greg Schiano's second uh, tenure at, at Rutgers. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but, uh, but certainly a team that that's not trending in the right direction as the season comes to a close. Meanwhile, Maryland, as we know, had similar struggles and then has kind of bounced back a little bit. You get that close win at Nebraska and then push Michigan to the, to the brink last week. So, uh, so two teams that seem to be trending kind of in different directions, but at the same time, this is expected to be a very close game. I think most betting sites have this as a one point spread or, or somewhere around there. Um, and, and Rutgers is at home for whatever that means over the Thanksgiving break. So, uh, so when Andrew, when you look at this Rutgers team, I think we can start with the running back. What is it about uh, their offense that, you know, allows their running back to be so dynamic, do you think? Well, I, I mean, they, they they have one of the worst passing attacks uh, in, in in the Big Ten. Uh, their quarterback, Gavin Wimsett, has just 1,486 passing yards on the season. Almost his touchdown and interception ratio is basically um, one-to-one. But on the ground, it kind of starts with with, uh, with Gavin Wimsett. He, he does a lot on his legs. He, he is the second leading rusher on the team, but you have to start with Kyle Manungai, uh, their, their junior back. He's one, he has been one of the most productive backs in the conference this season. I mean, his, his, his load is just incredible. I mean, he's, he's out carried uh, the rest of the Rutgers running backs by at least 150 attempts. Uh, he's, he's going to have a thousand yards. Uh, he's creeping up on that prior Saturday. He's so efficient um, at five yards per carry um, statistically across the board top five in the in the big 10 obviously you know you have some great rushing teams uh in the big 10 so their their uh, their offense definitely relies on the on the ground game and between Wimsett and Menungai they have a really a really good one to attack yeah 100 percent. and it is interesting to see you know your quarterback be your your second leading rusher um but like you said Menungai he's coming up on 1,000 yards I think he's uh what 19 yards I think it is shy right now <laughs> 
Um, so we're, I think, all going to assume that he's going to get there. Um, Maryland's rushing defense definitely had its struggles this year. Last week was definitely a, an encouraging performance, even though Michigan rushed for over 150 yards, uh, even compared to their normal standards. That's actually not a terrible performance. And, you know, Blake Corum was held in check uh, and Donovan Edwards, for the most part, those two were held in check, at least in the second half. Um, so Maryland's rushing defense is is no slouch of late, but uh, but that's definitely where it's going to start and end for Rutgers um, on offense. Like you said, the passing attack is nothing to write home about. We saw it in last year's matchup, although it's a different team. Rutgers just couldn't move the ball at all through the air. Um, so so Maryland's secondary may be a little bit of a week off, you would think. Um, and if Rutgers is able to put up decent numbers uh, on offense through the air, that would be a very, very concerning thing. Uh, certainly something that that plays into Maryland's favor a little bit. Speaking of coming up on accomplishments, we probably should mention that Talia Tungavailoa has a chance to make history this week. Uh, Maryland's quarterback is, I believe, 268 yards shy of becoming tied for the all-time lead in Big Ten passing yeah, yards can, for a career, yeah. and then he 269 pass, yeah. away from, uh, he would, from breaking. He would, he would pass Drew Brees and Curtis Painter and be the all-time, which is, I mean, that's just, obviously there's been a lot of his positives and his negatives throughout his tenure, but the chance to become the all-time leader in the Big Ten Conference passing guards, I mean, that that would just be a tremendous, he's number three right now, which is already a tremendous accomplishment, but to really pull off a historical stat, I think that would be just a testament to how, impressive his his tenure has been right i mean three straight winning seasons it's it's really impressive what he's done for the program in my opinion yeah for sure and you know this week after the michigan game um you know i, I touched on this even in the post game instant reaction podcast but you know the the discourse around talia tongue has been all about his lack of signature wins and that is a very fair assessment um and that is definitely something that is going to be a defining part of his legacy but you look at you know opportunities like this and if he is to end his career as the all-time big 10 leader uh for for passing yards you know that you say what you want about it say what you want about the big 10 and the passing attacks and um and and what talia has and hasn't done but like you said incredibly impressive achievement if he is to get there um he needs 269 to get there you think he's going to get there this weekend um, I, I think he'll get really close. If, if I think he's around there, I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Gaddis kind of throws in some more passing attack. But while we're on this conversation, we always do support our fellow student journalists. And I know Taylor Lyons of the Diamondback put out a really good article on kind of exploring the positives and negatives of, of Tagovailoa's tenure. So I would encourage our listeners to definitely read that. Yeah, and absolutely. And the uh, the discourse around that that I saw, um, kind of the conversation that sparked online especially was so emblematic of what people think about Talia. Um, you had half of the people saying, you know, this is unfair that you're saying he has no signature wins. Half the people totally agreeing with him, saying you're spot on. Um, everything he said, for what it's worth, was backed up with facts. So, it, you know, he wasn't I making just, any unfair assertions, in my opinion. Uh, and I think, of course, you know, you, there's a sense of disappointment not beating a ranked team. But I think any the opportunities were obviously there. But I do think you have to remember what Talia entered in, right? I mean... You had to deal with a lot of turmoil in the program, a new coach coming off, you know, the the death of Jordan McNair. You have the COVID season, which isn't successful. And then 2021, 2022, and 2023. I mean, to make three bowl games with a program coming off a losing season and a lot of awful stuff. I mean, I that, I think that's a testament to just how impactful he was. Yeah. And also, I mean, it, it, it has to be said, like Maryland was in the quarterback abyss yeah. For years. I mean, let alone what the program Andrew, was doing in terms yeah. of wins. I mean, the quarterback situation was a disaster before Talia showed up. So relatively speaking, he's about as good as you possibly could have hoped for. I think 
coming out of those years. And when you talk about going to bowl games, you know, I mentioned that neither team is playing for bowl eligibility. Like maybe you've seen in this, this matchup every now and then, but um, you know, there's still stuff on the line and being seven and five versus six and six does matter when it comes to, you know, where you're going to be sent for a bowl game. You know, mm-hmm. my assumption without any, real knowledge of it is that Rutgers, no matter what, is probably going to be playing in the pinstripe bowl. That's just a guess just because no, they're nearby and they'll, they'll probably sell tickets, but you know, Maryland being seven and five, we saw Nebraska lost today. So that's one less bowl eligible team, maybe bumps them up, uh, you know, a notch on, on the bowl uh, yeah. depth chart. You know, if Maryland can go seven and five beat Rutgers, then you're looking at maybe a more hospitable bowl site, maybe somewhere like Vegas, maybe um, I, I don't know exactly all the times with someone Nashville. Like Nashville's yeah, Nashville might be a, a they might have they might have missed their chance to yeah. go to to go to Nashville, but uh, but yeah, like Phoenix somewhere like that. Then if you lose and you're six and six and you're kind of at the bottom of the totem pole, looking at you know some some right. yeah, so, you know Detroit against a MAC team, which you know would be pretty disappointing considering the expectations going into the season. So this game, even though Maryland's not technically playing for you know right. anything of note, still will end up mattering when the season comes to an end. And and you say playing for something, and it's kind of just it's building on that positive momentum, right? If you can get a win to to kind of end, because this is kind of the seniors, right? These three years kind of defined a, a new movement. So if you can end that on a positive note, I think that can really be a good thing for the program as a whole. Yeah, and you know, you went seven and five last year. If you back that up and go six and six a year after, you know that that's that's kind of a gut punch when you look at, like we said, the quarterbacks leaving. Um, the talent you have on this roster, the way the schedule shaped up, some of the close losses you had, like, you know, it definitely will feel like a missed opportunity. It probably already does, but mm-hmm. it'll feel even more like that if you finish um, at six and six. So, uh, I, you know, we're going to talk a little bit of basketball as well on this episode. But before we get to that, um, you have any keys to the game maybe before we give some score predictions? Yeah, I, I think I think Maryland's defense needs to continue the momentum it's built over the past two games. Obviously, a really good performance in, in at Nebraska, a really good like really good performance against Michigan. And I think if if you can kind of build on that, especially in the run game, because we know uh, Rutgers is really lacking the passing game, I think that's where Maryland uh, can can pull off the victory. And then I guess just to add one more, I think it's it's Talia Tagovailoa's final game. It's you know can he end on a positive note, kind of solidify his legacy if you will and i think obviously if he's able to make a ton of big plays obviously can really help maryland yeah and to note on that you know we don't really have any information yet but uh you know some guys are going to not play in the bowl game we don't know who it's going to be yet um you know my guess is that talia will play in the bowl game but we don't totally know for sure you know who's going to be there and who isn't so um there will be some some players putting on the maryland uniform for for the last time um probably isn't going to play he just accepted his invite to the senior bowl yeah, he seems he seems like a guy that'll definitely get a shot in the NFL. So you know, guys like that will and and guys that enter the transfer portal, um, those are the guys to to really keep an eye on there. Um, I'll give a key to the game as well. It's something that we saw last week against Michigan that you wouldn't have thought would have decided that game just on paper, but special teams. Um, Rutgers has, you know, the memes have been there about you know when they played Iowa and stuff like that about the punters and everything. But Rutgers is a pretty solid special teams unit in Maryland last week against Michigan even though they had all the turnovers and everything you saw, especially late when they're trying to get over the hump and take the lead, they kept getting pinned deep in their own territory. Um, so the field position game will be something that, that I'm keeping an eye on. And especially when you go up there to Piscataway late in the season, sometimes it can be hard to score points. So, uh, so, you know, keeping an eye on Jack house. Um, I can give a score prediction real quick before we, before we head to you. And then we talk some basketball. Um, I do think Maryland will win this game. Like you said, Rutgers passing attack being as weak as it is, 
I think we'll hold it back. And even though the Rutgers defense is pretty solid, um, probably, you know, a top half of the Big Ten group, I still like Talia and I still like Maryland to move the ball somewhat effectively, maybe not score a ton of points, but uh, but I see Maryland taking this one, I'll say 27 to 17. Well, I'll, I'll be at Piscataway this weekend, and my uh, my record uh, live in person on the road hasn't been so good this season. Uh, Columbus, Maryland loses. Northwestern, Maryland loses. Uh, Philadelphia, Nova for the basketball game, Maryland loses. So I don't have a, I don't have a great record so far, but uh, I, I think that changes this weekend. Uh, I, I think Maryland pulls off. I think it's going to be a really competitive game. Uh, I think Maryland pulls it off. I'll go 24 to 17. Okay. So, yeah, we both have Maryland winning by uh... – by, by at least seven points. Um, so, you know, it would be a good thing to see, to see Maryland finish seven to five, even with after everything that we've talked about with, you know, disappointing season and everything um, to see him end on a good note, at least end the regular season on a good note and hopefully go to a decent bowl game. Um, which, you know, if Maryland wins, then we can invite you to the bowl game. Maybe if they lose, I'm not sure we can let you go given your track record. Sorry. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll be all eyes on Saturday at a three 30 kick on big 10 network. Um, we can talk about basketball as well, even though the game against South Alabama tomorrow might not be the most interesting game to preview, but we can just kind of give a, a state of the team of the, uh, Maryland men's basketball team. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, in some coming episodes, we'll talk a little bit more women's basketball. There might be even more to talk about there. They barely yeah. beat green Bay today, um, after, uh, losing their previous game. And then, you know, they've had a couple of blowout losses. Um, but, but we'll focus on men's basketball as we do, since we both, you know, cover the team for Testudo times. Um, Maryland got a much needed win against UMBC on Tuesday earlier this week, was able to score 92 points, which was, I think the third most they've scored under Willard, which is, you know, just a season plus sample size, but, uh, but still a, a really impressive offensive performance. What really confused me and, and surprised me was that they were able to score that many points without solving their three point issues. Um, even though you have the highlights like Jamie Kaiser hitting a half court shot and stuff, uh, they still left a lot of points on the board, which on one hand, you're like, okay, they played that well and still missed threes. Maybe that gives you hope. On the other hand, that's UMBC. You can get away with it. Maybe you can't against other opponents, but uh, but I think we can both agree a much, much needed offensive bounce back for Maryland for a team that that was really kind of in the gutter offensively. I, I mean, I, I don't understand this team, man. Uh, and I, I'm, not, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to be funny. I mean that so seriously. Obviously, you come into the season with – really high expectations uh, the shooting was a tremendous concern but this i i think they they really need this stretch of games right they they have games against umbc south alabama Ryder, Nichols state right so i think you need those games to kind of gain some confidence but it's you know defensively they they really struggled uh early on against uh in the actual championship in the first half against villanova it was much better um against umbc they need to continue that um, but yeah, like you said, it's the three point shooting is beyond concerning. Uh, if, if you're not able to shoot the three against uh, better teams, UCLA is obviously coming up and then you get into the to big 10 play. I mean, there's 358 teams in, in division one. And right now they rank 350, 351st um, in three point shooting, which is pretty crazy uh, to say, but they're just, they're just beside outside of last game. They, they've just been so inefficient um, on the offensive end and it's, just the turnovers again, which they cleaned up a little bit, but against Villanova, the uh, the assist to turnover ratio negative again. It's the points of turnovers you're you're giving up. The offensive rebounds have also been a struggle. It's just they need to clean up their acts offensively, because if they don't, it's going to be a really long season. 
But again, I do want to reiterate in the Asheville championship, they played really bad basketball. And in both games, they only lost by, by one possession, right? So it's even though they're not playing their best basketball, they've still been in some of these games. The second half against Villanova was much, much better. But again, I think this stretch is going to be so important. You have to, you have to win all your games against Ryder, Coppin State, Nickel State, who I'm, who I'm missing. South Alabama tomorrow. South Alabama. You need to win all of those games. You you need to be nine and four. You need to be nine and four, at least, in, in my opinion. Um, if not, it derails a lot of momentum. Uh, it's definitely not easy. Start Big Ten play. Uh, first games against Indiana, if I'm correct. Yeah, Indiana on the road too, which uh, yeah, you know, we know gotta, how Kevin Willard teams have performed on the road here. Gotta, yeah, you gotta you I mean, well, that's 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 another aspect, right? I mean, they're provided that competition wasn't so good, but two and oh at home, oh and three away from home. It's something, right? It's something we need to discuss. It's not a, a narrative we can joke about any, anymore. There they went three and you cover the team. What was the last year away from home? They outside well, the, I, I outside can't the think NCAA of, tournament. Not including the the neutral sites? Yeah, that they won. Yeah, they uh they won two true road games. They beat Minnesota and Louisville, who were yeah. awful. Yeah. And and they and the losses 13. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was every other true road game. They okay. they went winless on the road except for Minnesota and Big Ten play. Okay. So in the past two so in the past season and change, they have two wins on the road. And if you include Asheville, 15 losses. That 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 needs to be cleaned up. You can't rely on winning 16 games at home again, especially with how the team is looking just purely in their offensive efficiency. I know the advanced analytics had Maryland well into the deep 100s of the most of the most efficient teams in the country. So we don't want to overreact five games into the season. I'm not going to overreact. I do think this team has a, has a bunch of talent, but you need to get better. And thankfully, it's early on in the season. And, you know, it's they always say if, if you can – if you struggle early on and you can peak as the season goes on, peak towards March, you're you're better positioned. But a lot to see from this team. Not going to overreact. Um, you're welcome to. Uh, I won't either because, uh, like you said, these couple games you got coming up. I mean, you got South Alabama, then you got Ryder, um, and then I believe you you have two Big Ten games, but then you get a couple more by games before um, that UCLA game and and uh, Big Ten play really starts to you know kick into full gear. So I do expect them to kind of stack wins here against teams that you have an opportunity to either win against if you're playing ugly, but also maybe work some things out and, and a little bit of a lower stakes, hopefully environment to, to fix some things against UMBC. Like I said, they scored 92 points, even though it's against UMBC, it's still really good to see, uh, you know, shots falling. Um, you saw, you know, Dante Scott had maybe his best game of the season. Uh, Jameer Young was, was, was pretty good again. Um, even though, you know, Julian Reese, it wasn't amazing. He still had, you know, I think he led the the game unsurprisingly in rebounds um, and, and had a pretty good offensive performance as well. Um, so there are some bright spots. Um, the South Alabama game, unless they were to lose, won't really tell us too much. Um, but but this coming stretch, once again, I'm, I'm just kind of repeating what you said, but, uh, but this coming stretch is going to be super key to figuring out what this team is going to be because, if, you know, if they can't beat up on these smaller teams, on these worst teams that – you know, even though Davidson and UAB are not great teams, some of these teams that they're playing coming up, UMBC, South Alabama, Ryder, Alcorn State, whatever, those are much worse teams. And you're also on your home floor. Um, these are must wins. And for the most part, you kind of got to win in convincing fashion. So uh, so I think I don't even think we need to do a score prediction for, for tomorrow's game. I think we're both going to have 
Maryland beating South Alabama comfortably. But uh, but is there one thing that that maybe before we sign off, you really want to see over? I, I doubt we'll talk uh, before the Ryder game, but uh, but you know against South Alabama and Ryder that maybe we didn't see against UMBC. Uh, just just continuing the offensive efficiency, limit the turnovers, make some shots, and we'll see if they can make some threes. Perfect. Well, uh, well, thanks everyone for listening, Andrew. You'll be uh, you'll be in Piscataway for the football right. game. Are you anticipating we'll have some uh, some post game reaction coverage? Probably. I'll be I'll be at the basketball game, so I don't know if I'll be able to uh, tune in. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I I think we will have some post game coverage live from the New Jersey Turnpike if I get stuck in traffic. Looking forward to it. We will keep everyone updated. Thanks everyone for listening, and we will be back in the coming days with some more content.